and welcome into the latest episode of Empire Sports Talk. This is Max O'Neill alongside Joe Tedesco, and today we are joined by former Ithaca College third baseman and current cloud data and analytics account executive at SAP, Cam Fwody. So thanks for coming on, Cam. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, guys, both for, uh, for having me. I'm excited. Thank you, Cam. Appreciate it. I'm very excited for this podcast. Uh, got a lot to talk about today. Some interesting stuff coming up. So uh, we appreciate the uh, the guest appearance. And um, Max, we got a lot to talk about in terms of the World Series preview. Um, you know, Dodgers and the Rays, uh, big series. Both teams, you know, obviously they want it bad. The Rays haven't won a World Series yet in their franchise history, the Dodgers, you know, they've been dying to win over these past few years. Um, so we'll definitely get into that. We will also talk about NFC East struggle uh, with all four teams, you know, worst division in football from Easily. many people's perspective. So we will get into that. And also uh, NFL power rankings, our top five teams from me, Max and Cam. So we will start off. Uh, with Cam here, we're going to ask you first, um, with a World Series preview, Cam, who do you think is going to win this and how many games um, and a World Series MVP? Yeah, so when, I, when, the, when the playoffs started, uh, I was really high on the Rays, uh, and I kind of have been throughout the entire season. So uh, my pick is, was and has been the Rays. Um, now that they're playing the Dodgers, I think it goes all seven games. Um, I know they're, uh, I believe they're playing right now as we're recording this, but I think Tyler Glass now wins the MVP. I think he gets two wins. I think I was telling Max earlier too. I think Tyler Glass now and Blake Snell uh, are the only two raised pitchers to get wins. I think they both go two and zero. Uh, but I think Tyler Glass now also adds in like a little relief appearance there. Uh, he's obviously shown that he can pitch on, on short rest. Uh, he's young. He's got a lot of energy uh, and he throws gas. So I think, uh, Behind him, uh, the Rays take it in seven games, even against uh, a Dodgers offense that, I mean, at times can be shaky, but overall um, it is not one you want to mess with. Uh, I think that's a very um, interesting pick, Cam. And as we were discussing before we started here, I could not disagree with you more, but on the MLB.com um, prediction bracket challenge thing I did have raised Dodgers because of the way that the Yankees got killed by the Dodgers in the regular excuse me by the Rays in the regular season and that series turned out to be tighter than admittedly even as a Yankee fan I thought it was going to be um, at the start of the playoffs before the wild card round and then as uh, you know Cam thank you for being a listener um, to the podcast, Joe and I both picked the Yankees to beat the Rays very, very high off the um, wild card win over the uh, Indians. But with that being said, I will pick, and then Joe will come up here in a second, I will pick the Los Angeles Dodgers in five games. And I think the World Series MVP will be Mookie Betts living up to his contract. What do you think, Joe? 
I agree with you. I think the Dodgers are going to win this World Series. Now, the Rays are going to give them some trouble. Um, listen, they've been on a, a tear lately. You know, I think coming into this season, um, I said that the team with the most um, potential, the most um, momentum is what I meant to say, is going to not only get to the playoffs, but go far in the playoffs. And the Rays are a great example of that. I mean, they got off to a hot start in the regular season. Uh, yes, it was a shortened season, and I think that's the biggest reason why, um, you know, the team with the most momentum was able to, like the Rays, get to the World Series. Uh, not knocking that they aren't a good team. They got a lot of talented players, a lot of young talent. But um, they got momentum right now, and I wouldn't be surprised if they win – you know, two or three games. I'm going to go Dodgers in six uh, for this one. I think the Dodgers, they want it very badly. And over these past years, you know, these losses, uh, they're in the back of their minds. They're saying, listen, you know, it's our time now. And the bats were going in, uh, in games six and seven of the NLCS. So I think that the bats will continue to uh, give the Dodgers a confidence boost. Um, I also want to see Clayton Kershaw win a World Series because I think being a dominant pitcher, you know, you need to have something else besides a good regular season stat to back that up. I agree. Um, and I think the postseason, you know, as we know, has killed him in the past. So I think um, – if Clayton can come out of this on top, you know, it'll add that much more to his legacy. And I think – How much, Kim? He wants it. And so is Clayton Kershaw your MVP, Joe? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think if he pitches well, I, I think, uh, you know, almost like if LeBron plays you know, mediocre in, in a finals, he wins it. I think here it's a sentimental thing for – for Clayton Kershaw, unless Max, like you said, Mookie Betts, you know, hits three, four home runs and drives in 12 runs and you know, Dodgers win in, in four or five. But I think if, if Kershaw can get two wins, I, I think, um, you know, he'll definitely, uh, definitely take home the MVP. Yeah. How much Kim in like, you know, in your case, when, um, that run that you guys, that Ithaca baseball made, your senior year, how much was that sort of fueled a little bit by the failures of your previous three years in the tournament? Like maybe so I think fueled. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think you know, we. Uh, I guess run is you know it's weird, right? Because we our regular season was obviously great, um, and then you know we got knocked out back-to-back -back, uh, in, uh, in regionals. And, you know, years before, we've had mediocre regular seasons and, and done well in the playoffs. So, um, I mean, I think the playoffs are, you know, an entirely different creature, right? Um, you know, in the regular season, if you lose back-to-back -back games, it's just a little blemish. Whereas, you know, if you lose back-to-back -back games in, in the World Series now, I mean, that's a steep, steep climb you have, uh, especially against, you know, Clayton Kershaw or, or Tyler Glass now, obviously whichever side you're on. Um, so uh, you know the the run, or, you know, the run that the Rays are having, the run that the Dodgers are having, depending on how you want to look at it. 
uh, it gets erased every, uh, you know, whether you're in the ALDS now, the ALCS, and obviously the World Series. So, um, you know, I think both teams almost have a, a fresh start, you know, you could say. Uh, the losses that they had uh, in the championship series and divisional series, you know, those are gone. So um, the last thing you want to do, especially if you're the Dodgers, and you have all this, um, I guess, pressure on them to win. Uh, the last thing you want to do is think about that because um, the moment you get down one game, you, you know, that's all you can think about. And I think that's what happened to us. You know, we were expected to win uh, and we lost our first game and it was like the world was ending. Meanwhile, you know, there's still other games to be played. Um, so as long as the Dodgers don't don't dwell on a loss, or because I, I don't think either team sweeps. I don't think either team wins in five games either. So as long as you don't dwell on a loss and or even two losses if you get down, uh, you just kind of take each day as it comes. That uh, That's probably the most important thing. And do you think it's important, Cam, um, where, like, in that second game – when you guys lost, I'm looking at the schedule right now. Um, you won in 12 innings with Webb Little, um, another former Ithaca baseball player, getting that walk-off hit. Do you think it's important that it's sort of a team effort in a way that it's not just Randy or Rosarena or it's not just Mookie Betts. It's, you know, Jake Generali. It's Adam Gallagher, it's Jack Lynch, it's Wolner, you know, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. And I can attest to that because right before Webb got the hit to win the game, uh, I struck out looking. So I had a, I think we had two outs at the time and, and you know, we went out with a runner on third, right? So all I needed to do was really, you know, hit the ball the other way or, or hit the ball on the outfield and I struck out looking. So, you know, it, it sucks. And obviously you want to be that guy, but, you know, especially being a junior and, and being there for a while, you understand that, you know, next guy's up. Um, and obviously guys at the major league level get that, um, especially when you're being paid uh, an absurd amount of money. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's everybody. I think that's why, you know, these teams are so good. I mean, the raise between Glassnow and Snell, um, and obviously, I mean, someone like G-Man Choi, right? Someone who's been around for a decent amount of time that is now like, I think at the base of the raise order, I mean, to me, I, he, he seems like a leader. He just seems like a, a lovable polar bear that, you know, everybody gets behind. Um, whereas the Dodgers just have, you know, weapon after weapon. I mean, Mookie Betts. I mean, when you're, when you're starting off with Mookie Betts in a lineup and by the time you reach, you know, the cleanup hitter, you have Max Muncy. Uh, and then Bellinger, I saw in game seven, batted six to like, I, I mean, <laughs> there's no way around facing someone that at any point could hit a home run. I mean, even having Jock Peterson that eighth, like you just, I'm not sure what you do at that point. Um, I mean, as much as I, I do want to say the Rays win in, in, uh, in seven, I mean, I think the games that they lose the Dodgers score eight, nine, 11, 12 runs. I mean, they're just, it's tough. I mean, it's definitely a huge team sport. And, uh, you know, unless you're throwing 101 and throw a perfect game and hit a solo home run, you got to rely on at least four or five, six other guys and, and the entire team for that matter. And so that leads, I think, perfectly into the next part of this World Series preview in that um, what each team, 
each team needs to do to win. So, Joe, if you are Dave Roberts, you have all this pressure on your shoulders of now this being your third World Series appearance in the last four years. And, you know, this hill you've gotten here before, as I just said, but you haven't been able to climb this hill before. And so, Joe, what are you doing as the Dodgers to ensure that you win? What are your keys to winning this series if you're the Dodgers? It's going to come down to their pitching. I think the hitting is there. Like Cam was mentioning throughout their lineup, I mean, you go down the order. Anybody could, uh, you know, hit it out of the park at any time. So I think it's going to come down to their pitching. I think in the past, like I said before, Clayton Kershaw has struggled in the playoffs, and he's let the pressure get to him. Um, L.A., I mean, is is a city that is full of pressure. I mean, it's, it's a big city. The stars, you know, the lights are shining on you. So I think for the Dodgers, the pitching, if they can contain – the um, the momentum of the Rays offense, I think they'll be good. And I think uh, the Dodgers have a lot of young starting pitching on that team that has a chance right here to prove themselves. Dustin May was a little shaky in his last start. That was game seven in his last start. He was a little shaky, but um, he has a chance to bounce back here and, you know, have a strong outing. I mean, he is uh, – a guy with a lot of potential. He throws gas. So I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to their pitching uh, to win it. And for the Rays, I'd say um, keep the momentum going. Any chance you have, just keep it, even if it's just playing small ball, you know, bunting, getting on base, doing what you got to do, steal bases. Uh, this is a team that it's not a big city. They don't have what the Dodgers have in my opinion. So I think when you have a city like this with the Rays and the only thing you have is team culture um, behind your back, and that is what the Rays have been riding, you know, throughout this whole postseason. Of course, a lot of talent on the team, but if they can keep the momentum going, then, I mean, I think anyone's got a shot of winning this, both teams. I'm picking the Dodgers, but I think, the Rays ride the momentum, it'll be tough to beat. Yeah, and I think um, that if I'm Dave Roberts, I think I emphasize to my team in this series that we have to score off their starting pitching because we know it's been proven time and time in this postseason that once it's the sixth inning and Glasnow and Snell or Morton um, – are out of the game, it's virtually, I mean, they're virtually unbeatable. I think they are something like 27-1 and this year when leading after seven, something like that. So they are, you know, one of the best teams in baseball at keeping leads late in games. And so I think if you don't put yourself in that position where you need to fight for runs in the seventh inning, sixth, seventh, eighth inning, then I think you are in a good position. You know, if you're up, let's say, five to two in the seventh inning, I think you're obviously in a lot better position than if you're, you know, down to one even. Um, and so I think if you're the Rays, I think you just have to um, 
pitch carefully, but really go after and challenge some of these Dodgers hitters up in the zone. I think a little bit because I don't. I think that we've seen so far in this postseason that some of the hitters. I mean, it's not all of them. I know that Will the Will Smith um, home run off Will Smith was uh, a little was higher in the zone, but I think if you challenge them high and away, I think that's how you get them out more. What do you think, Cam? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, Joe, I like what you said between the Dodgers pitching and the Rays momentum. I'll mix it up. So um, I think the Dodgers, or I think I'll start with the Rays. I mean, their offense, I think, you know, obviously Clayton Kershaw is Clayton Kershaw, and, you know, if he shows up, you know, who knows? Obviously, his postseason record is a little spotty, but he is um, one of the greatest pitchers of all time. So, uh, I, I think it all depends on on how the Dodgers do pitching, and I think the Rays need to to match the Dodgers run for run. I mean, they're you know they're not blowing any teams out. They've gone to you know a full series uh, other than um, against the uh, the Blue Jays in the beginning. Um, so uh, you know they play a lot of baseball, right? And I think um, you know offense is is contagious, and if you have a good night before, I mean the ball just seems much bigger the next day. So I mean, they got a hit. Uh, I think the pitching will be there. Um, obviously, I've mentioned a few times Tyler Glass now and and Blake Snell, um, and obviously Charlie Morton can can hold his own, and he's proven that. Uh, but the Rays need to keep up with the Dodgers' offense, right? Um, I think you know if it happens to be you know like the Dodgers when they they demolish the Braves that one night, um, I think it kind of lit a little fire under them, uh, especially offensively, um, and the Rays. You know, whether they want to give up a lot of runs or not, they got to score, um, and they got to score a lot. Uh, for the Dodgers, yeah, I mean, I think it comes to pitching, right? Um, Dustin May needs to show up a little more. Clayton Kershaw can't be postseason Clayton Kershaw, right? Um, I mean, Kenley Jansen is Kenley Jansen. Hopefully, um, you know, he keeps doing his thing. But, um, I mean, the Dodgers just need to keep playing the way they're playing, right? There's no there's no more time to make any, any changes, right? You just kind of – you got to keep playing at the level that they've been playing at uh, and the Rays just need to keep close and um, you know, they can't let any, any small opportunities like uh, go by. Uh, and one thing I think you made me think of him while you were talking about the schedule is that the Rays have had three off days since the wild card round. They played on September 29th and 30th, and then they picked it back up on October 5th against the Yankees, and they played four straight games or five straight days there, and then they played uh, seven straight days after a two-day break um, in the against the Astros, and now they had two days off between – Saturday just a few days ago and tonight. Um, and so I think if you're the Dodgers, you have to make them work. They've pitched a ton of pitches. This format, I think, hurts the – I think this format, the way it is with so little off days because of the lack of travel, helps 
the offense way more than the pitching because the pitchers are working a ton. You know, Glass now is working a ton. Like, all of these pitchers are pitching a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's why I think the Rays need to keep up with the offense, right? Um, you know, the moment the moment they get shut out or score a run, I think uh, if it happens twice, I think they're, they're definitely done. But, um, Joe, like you said, you know, ride the momentum and keep playing baseball, right? It's fun to play a bunch of baseball really quickly, but it definitely does take a toll, especially uh, on the pitchers. Yes. I um, think if the Dodgers – are somehow down three nothing in the series, and it's the ninth inning with a runner on first. Dave Roberts is is putting a helmet on, and he's going to try to steal a base. <laughs> you I think that's going to happen. Yeah, when I told you that it hurt me. <laughs> you never know, man. Listen, you <laughs> never know. I don't think they'll be down three nothing, but you know, Dave Roberts has got a lot of energy. I think he's a great coach, and I really think that. This is the year the Dodgers finally break through, but we'll have to see. I think if you're a Dodgers fan, you have to just be – if they don't win um, this year, I think if you're a Dodgers fan, you just have to be – just you feel like you're almost cursed. Yeah. I mean, what more can you buy? That's <laughs> the, I mean, they just gave Mookie that big deal. Yeah, you gave – I mean, how much more can you get? is what I'm trying to say. They have a lot already. And, you know, they got to go from there. They got to win it this time. Otherwise, they don't know where to look. Yes. Um, And to give you guys a very quick update, here in the bottom of the second inning, uh, with no one out, Will Smith is up for the Dodgers on a 3-2 count. Um, so he's the leadoff batter in the inning, so nobody is on. Um, okay. And he just right. out on a ball in the dirt. So we will now move on. Or actually, Joe, really quickly, I apologize for interrupting you. Oh, uh, no, no problem. Um, looking back at the picks, uh, my bad for forgetting this, mm-hmm. but um, we both picked the Rays and the Dodgers to play in the World Series, Joe. So that gives you a nine and five record and me a ten and four record on our playoff picks. So we'll see. We can even put a uh, half a game on who gets the game right because we picked games this time. So you can catch up possibly with half a game. Okay. All right. We'll see what happens. Yes. So now, moving on to the NFL, we will discuss the NFC East. And, yes, I don't even think people want to hear this, but, listen, the NFC East right now is the worst. Going back a decade, this division was by far, I think, the best division in football. And now, a decade later in 2020, can't get much worse than this. The Cowboys leading at two and four. Uh, so this division's up for grabs for anyone. Yeah. Will the Cowboys win the division, Cam, or do you think another team will win it? Well, yeah, let me be the, the – I don't want to say the first to say, but uh, the NFC East is atrocious right now. Um, 
I mean, it definitely doesn't help that, that Dak Prescott got hurt. I mean, you know, obviously prayers go out to him. That was a, a gruesome injury. But, you know, obviously uh, I think we all saw the video he posted and he's in high spirits. But, I mean, I, I don't think the Cowboys are going to have a great record. But I don't see any – first of all, I don't see any way that uh, Washington or New York um, wins this division. Um, I don't think they come close. Um, I don't think the Eagles are – are good enough just I don't think they get to be good enough and I don't think I think the Cowboys if they were in any other division would be I mean maybe they finish second somewhere third last um I think Andy Dalton is a if you're talking about backup quarterbacks obviously he's not a you know definitely not the worst backup quarterback I mean they still have you know Zeke Elliott and Michael Gallup um I think CeeDee Lamb has proven that he's been the best rookie receiver of, you know, the, the big three between Jerry Judy and, and Henry Ruggs. And um, so they definitely have weapons. I think it's just a matter of if Andy Dalton can, can put the ball in their hands. Um, and uh, obviously their defense is uh, nothing too spectacular. Um, so, you know, I mean, I think it's anybody's division, obviously just looking at the records. I mean, when you're leading the division and you're two and four. Um, but I, I just, I don't see how the Cowboys lose the division. I don't mean that as the Cowboys are good in any way. Um, everyone else is just that much worse. No offense, Max. Aren't you a, uh, are you a Giants fan? I am. Yeah. So I, I can't imagine you're uh, too high. And I mean, like if Saquon Barkley was healthy, you know, different story but I think Daniel Jones just almost looks scared going out there every day I think uh, the, what do you what do you think I think the thing Kim that makes me the happiest about the Giants right now is that they won one game because my biggest fear with the Giants was that they were to go 0 and 16 because if you I win, was I was hoping the I was hoping the Jets and the Giants would both go 0 and 16 that would have been a uh, quite a sore thumb for for New York because if you go, you know, if you're two and fourteen, three and thirteen, whatever, nobody remembers you in ten years. But if you go zero and sixteen, everybody remembers you forever. I didn't want to be remembered forever. Like for that reason. Yes, for being one of the worst teams in NFL history. We'll always remember the zero and sixteen Lions and the zero and sixteen Browns. But we're not going to remember the Browns. I clearly remember 0-7. I mean, 0-7. 0-16 Lions. Um, that was from 2007, right? 2008, yeah. I remember the thing I remember the most about that team was Dan Orlovsky, who's now on ESPN, uh, running out of bounds for a safety. Um, he's, an, he's a running out of bounds analyst at ESPN. Um, and so I'm glad that they won. And I genuinely think that the team that wins the NFC East could win the NFC East with like four wins. Like, and I don't know how, I think the most entertaining thing in football right now would be a team winning the NFC East. And the most 2020 thing of all time would be a team winning the NFC East with like four wins and getting really hot and, you know, throwing just a giant thing of 
uh, TNT into the playoffs and running, making a run to the Super Bowl. I think that would be hysterically wild. So, I think that the um, uh, the Cowboys are not winning this division, and I'll tell you why. Andy Dalton uh, was cursed from playing in Cincinnati. Now, he was pretty good in Cincinnati for the first five years of his career, but I think that uh, he's not a quarterback that's going to lead a team um, to a playoff run or, you know, even in this case, winning a division. I think no matter how many weapons he has, he's got three stud receivers, including Gallup. I think Gallup's great. And, of course, Zeke is going to do his thing. But I think at the end of the day, you need a quarterback when you're down in games to, to bring you back. Uh, their offensive line's a little hurt, but Dalton isn't going to do the job. I think that hurts the Cowboys as well, is that, you know, over the last few years – sorry to interrupt you, Joe. Over the mm-hmm. last few years, they built this offensive line with, you know, Zach Martin and various different pieces, Travis Frederick, and now Travis Frederick is retired. And, you know, uh, Zach Martin left the game yesterday hurt. And so I think that also hurts the Cowboys is that they – that it's really, if we think about that offense, it's Ezekiel Elliott, like, and C.D. Lamb by themselves pretty much. Yeah, no, nah, you throw Amari Cooper in there for sure. But and I think – um, But, like, without an offense line and with a subpar quarterback, I don't think you can do much. Do you agree, Cam? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think it all hinges on how Andy Dalton does. Um, I just picked him up uh, as my backup quarterback uh, in one of my fantasy leagues, and uh, was it? You know, the I may just no, it was a different one, but I, uh, I I may drop him now because uh, I mean, yeah, I think he threw two picks and he did throw a touchdown and two hundred and twenty-ish yards, but um, I mean, I don't know. I, I I look at you know, obviously you take their division games out, right? They they have the Steelers, the Vikings, the Bengals, and the Ravens and the 49ers. I mean, I don't see them coming close to beating the Steelers, the Ravens, the 49ers. I mean, maybe they squeak a win out of the Bengals. Uh, who knows if, if Dalvin Cook will be healthy by the time they play the Vikings in, uh, in a couple weeks. Um, but I don't know. I mean, they beat the Giants by three in a super high-scoring game. Um, they beat the Falcons by one in a super high-scoring game. I mean – the moment their offense stops showing up, they're done. Now, I still think they have enough weapons to win enough conference games to to win the division. Um, but like you said, I mean, the team that wins this division may have two, three, maybe four wins. Um, or not two wins, have four wins, you said. Yeah, four or five wins. Um, so, who knows? I mean, it, 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 there's a lot of pressure on, on Andy Dalton, I think. Um, and I'm sure he's putting a lot of pressure on himself, obviously. You know, he was a starting quarterback for a while. Now he's, you know, he's demoted to a backup and now he's back in the spotlight, especially for a, you know, place like Dallas. It, um, there's a lot of pressure on him. And, uh, I mean, if you do not win this division, um, that, uh, that is not a good look. Yes. And so, so getting right back into it here, looking 
at some of the available quarterbacks on the free agency market. It's very much slim pickings at the moment. You know, you have Deshaun Kaiser, you have Brian Lewerke, Cody Kessler, uh, Chad Kelly, Kyle Shermer, Shea Patterson, JT Barrett, Paxton Lynch. With such a weak quarterback class right now on the free agent market, if you're Jerry Jones and the Cowboys, do you just ride it out the rest of the way with Andy Dalton and hope that it you know, can only go up from here? Or do you look at a tr- the trade market? How do you try to piece together the rest of this season without Dak Prescott? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, – I mean, I think Dak – or uh, Dak Prescott. Andy Dalton is, is obviously the, the best choice there. And I, I don't – I really don't think he's bad. Um, I mean, I think he could start on other teams. I mean, you know, we're talking uh, just even within the conference. I mean, I, or with the division, I think uh, – I mean, obviously Washington has their quarterback problems. Um, you know, I've never been that high on Daniel Jones. Um, and, I mean, I think Carson Wentz is good, but uh, – you know, he's just – he has, I don't really think, ever lived up to his expectations. So, I really don't think Andy Dalton's a bad option. I mean, I think, you know, we're just comparing him to Dak Prescott, who is, you know, I I think one of the, the top quarterbacks um, in the league, you know, obviously when he's when he's fully healthy and then, you know, match him up with Zeke Elliott and the rest of uh, the receivers there. You know, it's a dangerous team. Um and Dalton definitely brings him down a little bit, but I, I don't think he's a bad option by any means. Yeah, what do you think, Joe? Are you bringing somebody else in, or are you just riding the rest of the way with Andy Dalton? Well, if you're Jerry Jones, I don't think you have a choice. Uh, unless you want to try signing Colin Kaepernick, what other quarterback is there that you're going to bring in that's going to magically you know, throw five touchdowns a game and, uh, like Stephen A. says, in his billion-dollar playpen. I don't know if you could do that for anybody. So, uh, Dalton's going to have to be the guy for them. But like I said, I I don't even think Dalton's going to be the answer, unfortunately, this year because I think, uh, you know, we know what Dalton is. He's proven in the league that he can't get the job done. And I think the pressure's on even more for him um, because he's in Dallas now. He's – you know, got that star in his helmet, and that means, you know, America's team, everyone's watching, game of the week. Yes. So I think that the pressure's definitely on him to do something special. Now, who's going to win this division? I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. You want to know why? Because I think their defense will actually be able to give them momentum. They have guys in that team that, you know, still from that Super Bowl team in 2017-18, uh, that know what it takes to win. And they got playmakers on that defense that could do things um, that I don't think anyone else in the division can. Uh, can, I mean. The Giants have proven that um, their defense isn't the best. I don't think they're horrible, but um, – I think Philly's defense is better. The Redskins, all they have is Chase Young. Uh, Their front four is pretty good. But the Dallas defense is atrocious. Yes. It is not even – 
Yeah, I watchable. Think, I think. Yeah, I think that's the the one issue I see. I mean, uh, you know, if, if if Dallas is going to lose this division, it's because of their defense. I mean, their defense uh, has given up the far and away the most points in the NFL so far this season. They've given up 218 points um, this season, and the next closest team in second place is the Minnesota Vikings, who have given up 192 points. So, I mean, that's a pretty stark difference, um, in my opinion. Is a real, you know, insight to how bad that Cowboys defense is, um, and I think, I think Joe is right in that. I think the Eagles will find a way to win this division because I think, you know, I don't, don't think forget about Miles Sanders. You have Miles Sanders. I don't think Carson Wentz is as bad as, you know. People seem to think he is, honestly. Um, and, you know, they have a decent defense this season. The defense has given up – let's see, one second, sorry. Uh, 175 points, which is in the top half of the NFL, but it's not in, you know, the top five or anything like that. And so, you know, I think they'll figure out a way to – win this division but I think once they get to the playoffs it'll be a very short run for them I think one thing it will obviously hurt the Eagles though is the fact that um, they have JJR single white side but I think one thing that'll hurt them 100% is that Zach Ertz is hurt now and so now they have Hakeem Butler and Richard Rodgers as their two tight ends compared to Zach Ertz, who is, in my opinion, one of the best tight ends in the NFL. Yeah. Well, listen, I think uh, – listen, <laughs> this division is atrocious, and the fact that we even have to, you know, pick a team to come out of this uh, when the top team in the division is 2-4 and four right now is – is pretty entire. Uh Daniel Jones hasn't been able to get it done at the end of the game. The Redskins, there's no chance they're winning with uh, Kyle Allen. So at the end of the day, I think the Cowboys are going to find a way to choke. The Giants can't win games uh, late in the game. The fourth quarter always comes back to bite them in the butt, especially Daniel Jones. The Redskins, no chance they're winning with Kyle Allen as a quarterback. I and, and I think the Eagles, their championship coaching DNA, the defense, uh, you, you have a quarterback that could win games for you. He was a MVP runner, front runner uh, a couple of years ago. So I think uh, that along with Miles Sanders, I think they'll be able to come out of this division on top. I mean, the NFC East is the only division in football right now with – multiple teams in the bottom half of their respective conference and which is all four teams in the NFC East are in the bottom half of the NFC which is ridiculous in my opinion I mean you know as we've said that they are a really bad team I think 
Um, <laughs> and so I think one thing that could help the Giants is if they're more disciplined because they Giants, and I'm saying this as unbiasedly as humanly possible, could somewhat easily be in this division right now because they really only got destroyed in one game, that game against the 49ers. They played well against the Cowboys, but they let them back in and they turned the ball over too much that Daniel Jones fumble recovery for a touchdown killed them in that game. And then that drive at the end, they couldn't stop a nosebleed. That Bears game, they were driving down the in week two. They were driving down the field, and they got an offensive holding that ended the game. Um, so you know, if you wipe away those two, and in the Cowboys game, you had two penalties that wiped away touchdowns, and the Giants only lost by three. If you only eliminate one of those touchdowns, let's say the Giants have back-to-back wins, and we're talking about the Giants being a two and four team, and you know, with back-to-back wins in first place in the division. And, you know, who knows what will happen with the Giants. I think that is one thing if we want to be a little bit positive about the New York football Giants um, we can look at is that they aren't – they haven't played awfully, awfully. Like they're just getting smacked around in any game really except for that 49ers game where they lost 36-9 to and just nothing worked. What do you guys think of that? Joe and I mean, so Max, I'll uh, I'll give this to you. Let's just say the Giants finish last. Do you think? Uh, do you think they come even close to uh, to drafting uh, Trevor Lawrence if they have the uh, the first pick? I think you have the first pick. I think you kind of. I think if you have the first pick, it's it's because Daniel Jones couldn't do anything, and so I think yes, at that point in time, you kind of give up on Daniel Jones and take somebody that I think is a generational quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. Joe, what do you think? Do you think they, they take him or you think they might try and trade uh, trade for uh, for picks and whatnot? That's a good question. Um, I believe they should uh, they should take him. And you know, not that Daniel Jones isn't good like I said before, but I think that um, when you have a generational talent, like Max was saying, it's very, very hard to pass on him. And the quarterback position, as we know, is the most valuable position in all of the NFL. It gets you championships, you know, puts you on top. It, it really gets a whole team, you know, and it turns them upright. I mean, it, it takes the whole team and it uh, it gives them momentum that they need. Um, and the quarterback, I mean, look at my homes in uh, Kansas city. Pat Mahomes is a generational talent. And I think without him, they're still a good team, but they're nowhere near what they are now. And I and think, I think uh, Lawrence would, would be able to do that for a team like even the giants, and I think if you are going to pass on Trevor Lawrence, that's one of those decisions as a GM that immediately from the moment that you submit a pick that isn't Trevor Lawrence, the you know heat on your seat gets turned up to 11. 
and that you better be damn sure that that pick that you're selecting will be, I mean, I'm not even exaggerating here, a multiple-time pro bowler. Because I think the wide purveying view around, you know, the football world is that Trevor Lawrence is, a, you know, a, a once-in-a-generation prospect. And so if you're not selecting him, which I think there's arguments to not select him if you're a team like the Giants and give Daniel Jones another year um, and instead select a Penny Sewell or a Jamar Chase, you have to be 1,000% certain that that's not going to cost you your job. Because if, you know, you draft Jamar Chase, let's say, and he, you know, drops five passes in the first game and in the first game for the Jets, uh, Trevor Lawrence throws five touchdowns, you know, you're the New York Post and the Daily News are calling for your head immediately. Yep, absolutely. I think that uh, Gettleman, regardless of their record this year, which I, I think the most they win is five games, I think he's done after this year. I think he has to get out. I don't think he's drafted very well. I don't. I think he is. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, they need they need defense, and what does he do? He, he hasn't drafted well on defense. I think the Giants they got to go back to defense. They got to get a pass rusher. I don't think defense is the problem, though. If I'm being a hundred, like I think the offense is way more the problem because the defense is, you know, is the best defense in the division, which I mean, yes, is a low bar is, you know, faint, um, praising with damned faint, uh, or whatever the phrase is. I apologize to our listeners for that one, but I think it's the offense. It's the fact that Daniel Jones doesn't have any time. And it's the fact that Daniel Jones can't stop turning the ball over to save his life. And it's the fact that your best receiver or, you know, your second best receiver is Cody core. What do you think, Cal? You haven't chimed in in a little while. No, yeah. I mean, I think I think the loss of Saquon Barkley only kind of perpetuates the uh, the problem a little more. Um, you know, I, not that the Giants were really going to be any that good uh, with him. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. There's a lot of questions, a lot of, uh, a lot of issues that they have to deal with. Um, and, uh, I mean, I think it's only a matter of time before a bunch of switches are made. But I don't think – I think if you're the – if you're Steve uh, Mara – or if you're – excuse me, if you're John Mara and Steve Tisch, the owner of the Giants, I don't think you fire Joe Judge after this year. Even if they go 1-15 or whatever, I don't think – I think you give him another year, but I think that you hire a new GM because – Personally, as a Giants fan myself, I like the coaching that he's doing. You know, I like when he showed emotion on that um, illegal shift play that wiped out the touchdown in the game against the Cowboys uh, on Cameron Fleming, and he threw his headset down and he took his mask off his face and he screamed BS. I like that. I like you know the fact that he is not just sort of not showing emotion. And so I give him another year or two um, at the helm, but I don't give 
Dave got him in another year. I think, as I said on the podcast last week, when we were on as Le'Veon Bell got cut by the Jets, I, you know, and I said that I would love to be on the podcast when the Giants fired Dave Gettleman. I, you know, think they have to fire Dave Gettleman. I mean, who's his best pick been? Saquon Barkley? That was a no-brainer pick. And even that's a somewhat controversial pick because then you don't have Sam Darnold, who could very well turn out, if he has a good coach, you know, to be a very good quarterback. Max, I disagree. I think um, at the end of the day, uh, the Giants' defense has been good, yes, but the pass rush, I think, uh, needs to get better. And I think um, sometimes the pass rush is nowhere to be found, and they they give quarterbacks like Kyle Allen all day to throw which is ridiculous. I think they need to get somebody. I mean, listen, they had an opportunity last year to get Chase Young, but they couldn't even lose right. I mean, they knew at the end of the day they're not making the playoffs. I would have just tanked for him. He is a very good talent, generational. And um, I think they need someone like him. They need a pass rusher, an edge rusher. Get to the quarterback. They need a – not saying to go try to get LT of what they had years ago, but I'm saying, um, you know, get someone that has the ability to get to the pass rush, get to the uh, quarterback, even with a good O-line. And I think, you know, I think one of his worst moves on the defensive end far and away was the trade of Leonard Williams. I am not a fan of Leonard Williams at all, and I think trading two picks, including a third, they used the the Jets used to select Ashton Davis, who I'm pretty sure is – he's okay. 43-year return yards and one tackle so far. Um, In week one, he had one tackle. I don't know how much stats he has right now. I apologize. But, you know – You say one tackle, Max? What? That's it? For the whole season? I hope not. He has, let's see his stats right now. Ashton Davis has um I, I wouldn't be surprised if he has one tackle. I mean the Jets in, in general can't tackle two tackles, two returns for forty three yards, average return at twenty one and a half yards, his longest is twenty seven yards. So, like, it hasn't been awful in a special teams return. And I think, or excuse me, in a special teams um, role. And he, you know, could have helped the Giants. You know, I think the Giants could have used that third round pick to select somebody who I'm a big fan of, like um, Julian Aquara, who has played well for the Lions. So... You know, what do you think? What do you think his – do you think that was a terrible trade, Cam, the um, Leonard Williams trade? Like, what? what is, your, in your opinion, the worst move that he's made? Oh, sorry about that. Um, no, yeah, I mean, I think – I don't know why you'd ever give up Leonard Williams. Um, I mean, I think he's proven himself to be um, – 
obviously a, a great player. Um, but I don't know. I'm not sure. That's, uh, that's a good question, actually. I've, I've, I've yet to think about, uh, about that. Uh, and so one quick correction before we move on here. Due to an injury, Julian Aquara has yet to play um, this season or uh, have any stats. So we'll see how he plays when he does uh, play. And so moving on here, Cam, give me your top five teams right now in the NFL. Let's start – Let's do this. We'll each give our number one team, and then our number two, three, et cetera. Uh, so, so oh, yeah. So here. I think uh, I think to start uh, solely based right now, um, just this year, I think the uh, I think the Seahawks are my number one team. Um, I uh, I don't necessarily know how you can pick against them. I think Russell Wilson is hands down the best quarterback in the league. Um, that's obviously with Pat Mahomes, um, but obviously just playing right now, I think uh, the Seahawks are number one. Chris Carson's great. DK Metcalf is is having a great season, um, and obviously Tyler Lockett is. You know, I think between DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, um, I don't even know who their wide receiver one is, but um, you know they um, they have a, a great great offense to uh, to work with. Yeah, I uh, I also actually in my rankings right now have the Seahawks ahead of the teams like you know the Chiefs. They I think Russell Wilson is the easy choice and very much sort of the betting favorite for MVP this season. They lead the league with twenty three touchdowns on offense. Um, well, Russell Wilson has completed seventy two percent of his passes. Like I think they are a team that is very much a well-coached team and a team that is a very dangerous team to be reckoned with. Uh, who's your top team in the NFL right now, Joe? I agree with both of you guys. The Seahawks are number one for me. And uh, the reason being Russell Wilson. I said it before the season. If Pat Mahomes doesn't win MVP, Russell Wilson is right there. He, in my opinion, was um, – underrated in prior seasons and now people are are seeing that this guy is not only legit as we always knew but he is the top quarterback in the league I think he's better than Mahomes right now I take him over Mahomes um and he's got receivers that can get the job done like Lockett and Metcalf Metcalf's in a monster he's uh Intimidating. I mean, I would not want to be a corner facing him in the red zone, that's for sure. But the defense as well, the addition of Jamal Adams, a playmaker like him in the secondary is pretty scary. And I think that's why Seattle, you know, Wilson, Jamal, of course, good coaching. They're the reason um, why they're number one in my book. Yeah, I think that is another thing that we were talking about with bad GMs in New York football. Um, that trade of Jamal Adams made absolutely no sense. Um, I don't remember what they got for him, but whatever they got was just not worth it um, because 
He is arguably the best uh, defensive back in the NFL. I mean, is that a like? I don't really think that's a controversial take, to be honest. So, yeah. Um, and so, Cam will keep it going in that order. Uh, who is your number two team in the NFL? Uh, the Chiefs. I mean, I, I think uh, if the Seahawks were playing at the top level right now, the Chiefs would be number one. Um, I think even the Chiefs, uh, you know, have not been playing close to their best football. Um, but, I mean, it's hard to uh, to say the Chiefs are not uh, – I mean, if they're not one, they, they have to be two for, for obvious reasons. Yes. Um I agree. I mean, I think last night in particular was a huge night for the Chiefs in that they ran for 245 yards, which is a completely new part of their offense, um, you know, that they really didn't previously have the ability to access. Um, It's even tied for the most – um, rushing yards in a single game in Andy Reid's entire career, not just with the Chiefs, but back with the Eagles, um, where he was, you know, for a long time. And so I think they are just as good, if not a little bit better than they were last year. Where they struggle to me is that they have offensive line worries now with. Kalechi, Osameli, and the Mitchell Schwartz, um, both destined for the IR, I believe. And so who is your number two team in the NFL, Joe? My number two team in the NFL is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have shocked a lot of people this year. And That's interesting. Their defense, in my opinion, is the best defense in football. And I think it's by far. Minka Fitzpatrick was a steal for them getting them from the dolphins for, you know, whatever pick it was, uh, was just, uh, I mean, they basically just stole him from the dolphins. He is a special, special talent. And, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, he's got weapons now, you know, not only is Juju there, but this guy Claypool is a beast. Um, he still throws a beautiful deep ball. Probably the best deep ball, or one of the best deep balls. I'm sorry, in uh, in football still. Um, yes, he's up there in age, but he can still sling it. And um, I mean, this defense is leading the team for sure. They're carrying this team, and you know they get to quarterbacks. Um, Devin Bush did go down with the ACL tear. He's done for the year. Uh, for their front seven, that's a loss, but I still think they're the best team in all of football in terms of defense. Uh, Mike Tomlin is a hell of a coach. He does a great job with the defense. So I think uh, they're my number two. That's interesting. Um, I actually have the Steelers at number three. Um, on yeah, my- Max, Max, so did I. Yeah, on my power rankings, um, because Big Ben is having very much a resurgent year. I think this is one of the best wide receiver cores that he's had in a really long time since, like, P. 
peak Antonio Bryant before Antonio, excuse me, not Antonio, Antonio Brown. Brown. Antonio Brown. Um, when before Antonio Brown started to have off the field issues, but I think the Devin Bush injury hurts them um, moving forward. But I think as long as that offense can run up the score on teams, it's going to be a very good season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. What do you think, Cam? Why are the uh, Steelers the number three team in your power rankings? Yeah, I mean, I think for all the all the same reasons that uh, that have been said, um, I think the the loss of Devin Bush really hurts, and I'm a huge Michigan fan, so it it you know really hurts to see him go down. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Chase Claypool is a huge um, part in all that. Um, I, I think once uh, Juju gets going a little bit more and he stops dancing on the field, and uh, you know can start playing at the level that he should be playing at. Um, same with James Conner. I mean, James Conner has never, uh, other than the one year where, uh, where Le'Veon Bell um, wasn't playing, um, you know, we really haven't seen him, I think, reach his full potential. So, you know, for as good as they're playing and as good as their defense is, you know, their offense has been lacking a little bit. And I think once they, uh, once they turn the corner, um, they're really going to be dangerous. Yeah. Um, and so – Joe, who is your uh, third-place team since you had the Steelers at number two? Do you have the Chiefs at number three? I do. I have the Chiefs coming in at number three. The defending champs are right behind Pittsburgh. And listen, they could easily be number one. Uh, Anytime you have Mahomes, Andy Reid, that combination is lethal. And now the addition of uh, Le'Veon Bell uh, with that running back core. But Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's pretty good. 26 carries for 161 yards in the last game. You know, they were, um, they were giving it to him a lot. And I think that's good for Mahomes because, I mean, the passing game was already opened up enough for him. Imagine what he could do now in the play action or, you know, just the passing game in general. So the Chiefs, because of Mahomes, of course, um, they're number three. And like I said, they can easily be number one. Yeah, I think um, one thing about the Chiefs that I forgot to mention when I was breaking them down as my number two team is that – in a position that I arguably that I didn't think that they needed improvement, the running back position with Clyde Edwards Hilaire, they signed Le'Veon Bell, which is like, you know, um almost making it unfair for the rest of the NFL. Like I think it's that's one of those signings that's just the rich get richer kind of thing. Um, um I'm scared of that uh, signing. I have Clyde Edwards Hilaire on my uh, fantasy team too, so um, oh boy! I mean, yeah, he had a great game before, so I'm, you know, who knows what's going to happen? But uh, that, you know, yeah, uh, that's that's what I yeah. hate about fantasy. I really can't stand it. Yes. Uh, and so, moving on to who's your number four uh, power ranking team, Cam? So my number four power ranking team uh, is the Tennessee Titans. Um, 
I think uh, between Derrick Henry last game, who now I personally think is the, the best running back in the league, obviously with Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley um, being hurt. Um, I think he uh, – I mean, even Alvin Kamara, right? I mean, Derrick Henry is just a, a beast, especially in a – you know, on a team that doesn't have many other weapons. Um, I think he uh, has – right now cemented himself as the um, the best running back. I think Ryan Tannehill is just having fun out there too. Um, I think uh, A.J. Brown is, is, you know, a good little uh, sidekick to uh, to Derrick Henry. Um, but the, the Titans have uh, have been playing really well. And, um, yeah, they're, uh, they're number four for me. Um, and – I think my number four team, you and I, Cam, great minds think alike once again, the Tennessee Titans. And really, I think all I need to say is Derrick Henry as to why they are a 5-0 and football team right now. I mean, he is, I agree with you, Cam, the best running back in the NFL. And I'd argue that even when, if he plays like this, even when Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey are perfectly healthy, I think he is the best running back in the NFL. I mean, this season he has five games, 588 yards and six touchdowns, so, you know, 4.8 yards per attempt. So, uh, you know, I think he has played very, very well so far this season. So who is your fourth team on your power rankings here, Joe? The Titans. Agree with both of you guys. Um, at the end of the day, I think Derrick Henry is a – of course, he's a beast. But I think it comes down to Ryan Tannehill just being great. I mean, the guy, when he was in Miami, you know, we thought, you know, he was good. He's a good quarterback. But now he's like – you know, they were talking about him in the MVP race. I guess you could throw him in there. Uh, maybe that's a little much, but um, at the end of the day, the coaching is definitely helping him out. Uh, his passer rating has been over 105 and above since he's gotten to the Titans uh, with a total of seven interceptions and 28 touchdowns, um, 3,500 yards passing as a Titan. He is just playing great football. Derrick Henry opens up the passing game for him. But I think at the end of the day, he's not turning it over. He's making good decisions. And he has turned the corner in his career. Cam, who is your number five team in the power rankings this week? So my, my number five team is the Green Bay Packers. Um, and I say that only because Aaron Rodgers is playing – great. Aaron Jones is playing great. And Devontae Adams, well, when he's healthy, is playing great. So I think, uh, I think they have the best one, two, three punch offensively in, in, uh, in the league. Um, until maybe Michael Thomas comes back uh, and is healthy. But uh, I, I just think that they're playing super well. And, and right now, um, I think other than the four teams in front of them, um, they can beat pretty much any other team. What do you think about that bad loss, though, that they suffered to Tampa this weekend? 
38 I mean, it, it, points scored it, by the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think Tampa Bay is really good, right? I think I had them just outside my top five. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's not like they're losing to Washington or they're, they're losing to Minnesota or something. You know, they, um, they lost to, a, you know, a good team, right? Um, and, uh, again, they haven't, they haven't truly been healthy all year, right, uh, between um, – Devontae Adams. I mean, obviously, Alan Lazard's not playing. I think if he was playing, they would their offense would be unstoppable. Um, but um, you know, those those losses are come. You're not you're not going to go undefeated. Um, I think it's better they're uh, they're getting out of the way now. Yeah, I think, uh, and so I think they are a very good team. But I think that that loss uh, soured me away from them as my number five team. And so instead, my number five team will be the one and the only New York Jets. <laughs> nah, I'm just playing. I want to see your face there, Joe. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Thank you. Actually, they're my number one team, Joe. So, you know. Oh, uh, okay. All but, right, Cam, you're going to be the new co-host. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> After that comment, I uh, I should be. <laughs> I can't. My number five team is the Baltimore Ravens, in all seriousness. Um, that team, I think, is a very good team. I think Lamar is one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League. Um, and But they this year, surprise, in my opinion, very surprisingly, has not been as impressive of a team as they were last year, you know, when they were, you know, a top team in the NFL. So that's why they're not higher on this list. If they're playing like, you know, the Chiefs have played this year or the Seahawks, or, like they would be in the top two, arguably. But they've really, I think, taken a step back this season. But they're still 5-1. and one. They're still a good team. They're still putting points up. And so that's why they come in at number five on my list. And so, Joe – to finish off the power rankings, who is your number five team in the NFL? Number five team, I'm going to go with the Bucks. I think they have finally started to get it together. Um, yeah, they have a couple losses, but I think at the end of the day, Tom Brady, the greatest player of all time, in my opinion. Um, he, you know, leading the Bucks team, is going to lead them to a lot more wins. He's finally got the talent he needs. Um, unlike right now, the, the atrocious receiving core that Cam Newton has to deal with, he doesn't have to deal with anymore. Uh, he's got Gronk back, who is also starting to pick it back up. Mike Evans and Godwin, uh, you know, both starting to get a connection with Brady. So at the end of the day, Brady... And you start to see Brady uh, more often than not. He's screaming on the sideline, you know, trying to get these players to get on the right page with them. And I think that's what leaders do, and that's what Brady's going to do throughout the season because being on a new team you know, requires some adjustments. So I think uh, at the end of the day, Brady is going to lead this team to the playoffs, and we'll see how far they get. I actually disagree with you, Joe, and the fact that that's what leaders do. I think that he at points can be a leader, but I think at points he is a little bit of a sore loser. Um, as I think it was Marcus Spears pointed out on Twitter the other day, 
Um, and but I think that he and it's true, you know, he is a sore loser. I think, but I think the yelling at points can come off as a little bit of a bad sport, you know, a little bit of kind of a jerk, if we're being honest. Because personally, like if it was me, I, I don't respond well to yelling. And so if he's in my face when I mess up and drop a pass and yelling, I'm going to get pissed off and be like, stop, you know, effing yelling at me. And so I personally don't think that that's a good leadership quality, but I think it's every person responds to different things differently. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a time and a place, right? I think when he was caught yelling, it was after a couple penalties um, and a couple dumb ones, right? So, you know, I, I think he, he's been around for so long. And, you know, I'm sure he – obviously it's different, right? You know, who knows if, uh, if the team responds well to yelling or, or, you know, him staying quiet. But, um, you know, I think he uh, – to be honest, I, I don't know if I've ever seen him yell like that. So, you know, I think definitely the frustration too. You know, he's on a new team. They're maybe not playing as well as they should be. Um, I think that obviously no matter how good you are, um, you know, that, that can get you uh, – get to you at some point so um but uh for someone of his status um you know he definitely uh has thought of and, and tried everything in the book i think that at the end of the day that's a great leadership quality i'm gonna disagree with max here i think that you have to um you have to, as a leader, you got to bark sometimes in terms of like, you know, just getting on people's cases. I think, um, you know, you take a look at uh, Michael Jordan in the last dance. I mean, they all thought, thought I'm sorry, he was um, an a-hole and look where it got him. They won six rings. So, you know, Brady being the greatest of all time, I think he can do what he wants. And I think that, at the end of the day, what doesn't kill you won't hurt you. And um, I think it's going to help them at the end of the day. I think that is interesting. Um, and so here's a very, very quick question before we wrap up. So last week or two weeks ago was um, NHL free agency. I think we spoke about it on the last podcast a little bit um, with Henrik Lundqvist a long-time Rangers goalie, spent almost 20 years in with the Rangers, uh, signing with the rival Washington Capitals. Who looks and who do you think has made and will make a bigger impact on their new team after a long time with an old team, Tom Brady or Henrik Lundqvist? Brady. You think? Yeah, I mean, I think Brady too. I know. Um, I think he's I the best think. player of all time, and I think um, – you know, I think this is a little different than, you know, when, when Jordan uh, went uh, went to the Wizards, obviously, because, you know, Jordan retired a couple times. And, uh, you know, this is uh, – I think Brady going to the Bucks has been the biggest move in – I don't know about sports history, but, I mean, it, it's got to be up there at some point, right? I mean, yeah, for someone to be considered the greatest of all time and then switch teams um, – I mean, it's, it's almost unprecedented and, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's weird seeing him, uh, in a, in a different uniform. 
I think it's weirder seeing the Patriots without him, I should say. Yes. I think it's – I think it'll be – and I, I do agree with you too that um, Tom Brady will make more of an impact with the Buccaneers than Henrik Lundqvist will make with the Capitals because Henrik Lundqvist is not going to be the starting goalie. He will very much be sort of the backup goalie in Washington, whereas Tom Brady is – the starting quarterback, everyday quarterback in Tampa. Um, but I think those are two players that have recently left teams that they've been with for a very long time and are, you know, in um, places, you know, and are in new surroundings that look weird a little bit. Um, and um, And so – Thank you very, very much for joining us, Cam. We both greatly appreciate it. And this Thank you, Cam. I do appreciate you coming on. Of and, course. Uh, Thank you. I figured I had a nice new perspective from Max's uh, bold predictions, I guess you could call them. The hot takes, yeah. The hot takes, yeah. Yeah, the Jets being number one in the power rankings, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I texted, by the way, Cam, I texted Joe – earlier today when we were putting together the rundown to see if he wanted to do a bottom five just so I could trash the Jets a little bit. But he decided against it. Hey, you know what? The Giants are uh, are right there at, uh, at number two, so uh, best be careful. You're right. You're right. I can't really, you know, <laughs> laugh at them too much as a Giants fan, unfortunately. Hey, at least uh, – yeah, how about that, though? You're, uh, you're the second-worst team in the league and the second-worst team in your city. Yeah, um, at least the Yankees are pretty good, even though I lost in exactly. the ILDS. Uh, they're the only team in New York sports keeping me sane right now. Hmm. Um, and so, again, thank you, Cam, for coming on to the podcast. I greatly appreciate it. And this has been Max O'Neill alongside Joe Tedesco and special guest Cam Fodi. Uh So please tune in again next time. And please like and share this all over social media. Tell all your friends that this is the best podcast around. Um, And so thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.